0: Welcome, everybody, to a brand new Loftus Party podcast. So glad you're here. So much to talk about this week. I'll let you know right out of the gate, we have an awesome guest. My buddy, Reno Collier, is here. We've been on the road together a bunch. Uh, He's been having wacky adventures during the lockdown. He's getting back on stage as the clubs are opening up. So a, a fantastic show. We got a fantastic show lined up for you today. And so much going on in politics. It's getting hot. It's getting hot out there, uh, Liberty Gimlet. Do you feel it? Just like everything's happening all at once. Everything's happening all at once. It's
1: crazy. There's really just too much to keep track of.
0: Yes. Yes. I've I've had these that very same thought. It's like you're uh you're a cat and you're in a room and there's like 18 people with laser pointers and they're all going everywhere. Right. So you really have to uh, you have to really pick and choose. You really have to pick and choose. And here's what I like, and we've said this before on the show, it, just making your own narrative. And that's what I think that's that, That's always been Trump's strong suit is like, yes, he's a counterpuncher, but he puts the media back on their heels and they're like, whoa, he's talking about this. I guess we, need, so he sets the table. And so I, I hate being like, I don't want to be like a reactionary show, where we're just every week we're like I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they did this. So I've decided to frame it like this. It's all big picture. The amount it's like a battle of fear right now. It's it's a it's a total fear battle. And right now the media it has dialed up you've got to be terrified of the dictatorship of Donald Trump and you got to be terrified because he's dismantling the post office and you got to be terrified of COVID-19 and you got to be terrified of what will happen if Trump doesn't accept it. You have to be terrified. Meanwhile, you've got legitimate fear. Like everything that the left is is telling you to be afraid of is, is all just an idea. It's all like, "Well, what if he did use the Emergency Powers Act to do this? What if he would? What if what if?" And and on the right, We're like, hey, look at that. They're burning down that building. Hey, look at that. Uh, They looted that store. Hey, look at that. They just killed all these people. Hey, so in the battle of fear, if we're going to start selling fear, if that's what this election is going to be about, I think you might want to be afraid of the stuff that you can see, right? Like you go into a house and they go, oh, the house is haunted. That's your Democratic real estate agent. And you're like, okay, (laughs) the house is haunted. Meanwhile... The meth heads next door are approaching your house with machetes. So what are you going to, are you going to, are you going to schedule a seance for the possibility of ghosts or are you going to load your shotgun and start blowing away meth heads? I'm in the lowest. shotgun. I'm probably not
1: going to buy the house.
0: (laughs) That's a good call. I think we're going to look, I think we're going to keep looking. I I know the neighborhood is good. So The the latest thing. This is the one, and this is what really bummed me out. Here's I had a roller coaster of emotions the other day with Britney Spears. Not Britney Spears, uh, Taylor Swift. Although Uh-oh. Britney Spears, no Taylor. Uh, I call her Taylor. She she came out with a new album a couple weeks ago, and I'm uh, I'm driving around, running errands, getting some stuff together. I had to I had to buy a bunch of uh, silly things. For uh, this show, Happy Hour, that I was on for Fox Nation, I got oh my god, Stacy! I got a uh, I got a little wipe off board uh, like Carl Rove uses. I thought it was hilarious. Oh. It was hilarious. So anyway, I'm listening to XM Radio, and they're like, "Hey, here's a new song from Taylor Swift, and it's a uh, it was really good. I mean, you cannot. She's great at putting together songs. She's got a great voice. She's an amazing talent. And I'm like, good for you, Taylor." You know, she's not resting on her laurels. She was using the time and the quarantine to do X, Y, Z. And so I'm happy with Taylor again. I'm satisfied with her. I'm thinking, yeah, we could be friends. We could, we could totally be friends. I come home. I look at Twitter. And she's on this. Donald Trump is trying to disband the post office. They're ripping up the post boxes. And I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. Here we go. He's not our president. He knows we don't want him to be our president. I'm like. I, hate, I felt so old, but I'm like, you, shut up and sing. You have no idea what you're talking about. You have no idea what you're talking about. These freaking celebrities in there, it's just they buy into this whole fear aspect on it what, going on when there's actual real stuff going on. Here's, do you, here's what I think the biggest story is. Uh, I really do. This is the biggest story this guy, uh, Klein Smith, who is, mm-hmm. uh, an FBI lawyer. And he was the guy, he's taken the fall right now. He's the guy that, uh, I guess changed the email. What was he, was it, was this the, uh, Papadopoulos email or what, what was the email he changed?
1: No, no, it was, um, Carter Page, apparently when his name yeah. first surfaced, he wrote a really long letter to James Comey detailing, um, himself as a, cooperating individual with um, the CIA yeah so when that information came to the FBI the FBI is like well we got to check that out right and so Klein Smith was the person as I understand it who sent the email to the CIA and the CIA came back and said yes indeed he was and Klein Smith changed the fundamental response and said no he wasn't
0: giving them so, the go ahead to correct to go follow up on Carter Page. Okay, mm-hmm. so
1: to get the FISA, do, yep.
0: So, do you think this is the only step that'll happen? I'm just wondering. I don't know. I don't know the law that well, but it seems what's in all it's in the the realm of possibility that that they could go. Wow! If this Kleinsmith guy, if he didn't change that email, we never would have done the FISA. So, there's really no FISA abuse because we were all, you know, on bad information from Jump Street. Darn you, Kleinsmith! Look what a look what a merry mayhem mess you made.
1: I don't think so, because there's also a lot of noise around um, people within the FBI meeting with Steele's, quote unquote, primary subsource, who has been identified now, but he can't remember his name. Some Russian dude who lives in the United States. He's not even in Russia. Yeah. Um, That. They had an that the FBI, after speaking to the subsource and figuring out, um, yeah, that's all bullcrap, um, had an obligation to go back to the FISA court and say, oops, our evidence just kind of fell apart. Except they didn't. They got two more FISA warrants. So there's a bunch of people in here who did some stuff that maybe they shouldn't have. And I'm also I if I understand the charges correctly, Klein Smith got charged with making false statements, not. Um, what do you call it? Making up evidence or whatever, you know. Falsifying um, documents or whatever? Falsif- yeah, falsifying documents, falsifying evidence, whatever. Um, He didn't get charged with that, so that sounds a little bit like a plea deal to me, so I'm assuming he probably gave the Durham investigation some information.
2: Yeah.
1: I, I, just this. on its face, it doesn't... It, a he wasn't actually charged, so he had a preemptive plea agreement, right? Okay, yeah. To avoid being charged, which generally says to me, okay, they called you in one day and said, "Tell us everything you know, and we'll give you a sweetheart deal." And he told them everything he knew.
0: I really hope so. Now, let me ask you this: I should know this. I should know this. I have a responsibility.
1: <laughs> Has there have there been
0: uh, mumblings for for the timeline? of when Durham is going to unleash the Kraken?
1: Um, I think this is probably a signal that the Kraken is about to be unleashed, and Bill Barr (laughs) was on Kennedy on Friday. Oh, okay. And said, you know, things are coming together. We still plan on, you know, releasing information as it becomes available. The election is not our timeline because the election has nothing to do with this but we're not going to not release what we have when we have it and if we have enough evidence people will be charged
0: so mark the time you guys mark the date this is uh this is this is a very 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 big deal and the the silence uh from big media is is just immense The, the, the now there's there's charges have been brought this guy changed the wording of the email to make sure that he knew it was fraudulent. He knew he was setting people on a path. This is an unelected official, Kleinsmith, mm-hmm. working to change the outcome of the election. And this is a guy who famously was like, viva la resistance, resistance, or whatever. Uh, an unelected official trying to change the outcome of an election. When they talk about... Uh, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, Trump in the post office. There's checks and balances there. There's checks and balance. Everything, right. everything. Everything is above board. It's not a dictatorship. That doesn't frighten me that, at all. I'm, I'm not frightened at all. I'm terrified of mail in voting. I think that's completely horrible, completely horrible. And I, we got to touch on that real quick. But when you have unelected officials. So we, now we know there's one he's pled guilty. Uh, and there, hopefully there's going to be more and hopefully it'll be soon, but that's way bigger for all these hypocrites on the left who are like, it's about the constitution and it's about the sanctity and our constitutional Republic. And it's about the glorious purity that is. And these were the bullshit artists who were moving forward with a plot to get rid of a duly elected president. That to me is terrifying.
2: Okay. How
1: do you? I, well, it's not just that, but it's also transparent. <sighs> when you literally have their vice presidential nominee now, Kamala, I said it correctly, so I'm not mm-hmm. a racist or a misogynist, yeah. um, on, in a debate saying if the legislature doesn't pass reasonable gun control in the first hundred days, I will take executive action. When Joe Biden's asked the same question, he's like, uh, you can't do that. She just laughed and said, Joe, it's time to stop saying no, we can't. Yes, we can.
0: Oh, oh, just
1: just shredding the Constitution right there on the debate stage. But the media is like Trump's the most unconstitutional thing ever. And then you have them coming out for national mask mandates and saying they're going to force lockdowns in certain states, which they can't do.
0: We're going to talk about Kamala. It's I just want to say like, one more thing. I just want to say one more thing about uh, mail invoking voting, voting to, to follow up on that. You guys, uh, the the biggest the, – the union, the postal worker, mm-hmm. the USPS Post, they endorsed Biden. They endorsed Biden. Yeah. That's bad. So – yeah. Listen, they know which neighborhoods are predominantly Republican. They know which neighborhoods are predominantly Democrat. That's how they do ba- ballot harvesting. Do you honestly mean to tell me that if you got a Trump sign in your front yard, do you think the po- – can you tell me you are 100 percent confident that, that the, your mail carrier, who just endorsed Biden, you think he's going to deliver your vote? Do you think your vote's going to count? That's the problem with that. Okay.
1: Well, so all out, I will like, say is this. Um. If you want to send me a ballot, that's fine. I want to make sure my vote is going to count, so I'm going to vote in person. I don't think any state should be allowed not to have the opportunity to vote in person because New York State did this for their primary, and one in five Democrats was disenfranchised because the post office is such a hot mess. So it's not—if you want your vote to count, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican— you need to show up at the ballot box. that's the only way you know for sure,
0: yeah, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. super fast cause i wanna I wanna dip back into the the whole Kamala Harris of it all. I saw her uh she was giving an interview with Stephen Colbert, and oh wow, I, I don't seen know yet. I don't know if Stephen could have given I, I it was really gross it was really gross he was practically grovelling. Kamala, you're so wonderful and you're so bright and so intelligent. And so it was horrible to watch, just just fawning like crazy. Uh, But he was talking about the, the debate with Joe Biden when she practically. She insinuated that he was a racist. She practically called him a racist to his face on the debate stage uh, and he goes, how can you now be his running mate? And she just does the Kamala old hooker at the truck stop laugh. <laughs> it was a debate. It was a debate. And he's like, no, but you practically, you practically called him a racist. It was a debate. It was a debate. She kept saying that over and over and laughing. So you're just saying that that's so you just lied. You're just that comfortable with lying in front of everybody. What, you just made it up? Here's the thing. Either you believed it then, and you don't now, or you were lying. Like, what's the deal? And she believed his accusers. She stands with his accusers. But now, yeah, he's an okay guy. It's really gross. It's really gross.
1: She is the most cynical politician in D.C., in my humble opinion. She will say whatever she needs to say. To get elected. If you look at her record in California, I mean, nobody liked her. Not when she was the DA of San Francisco and not when she was attorney general. She did terrible things to people. Yes.
0: And that's the problem. And I'm so glad you brought that up. I really am. With with California, you don't have a two-party system. You get whoever whoever has the most votes, whoever has the most Mm -hmm. whatever. So you'll have Democrat against Democrat. That's Mm -hmm. that's that's the that's ultimately your two choices. A lot of people don't know this about California. It's horrible. You cannot there'll be no one on the Republican side who makes it to that top tier. So no one's really tested like Kamala Mm -hmm. Harris just kind of got inserted into politics, you know, through uh, I don't even get into the the Willie Brown Brown. thing. But it's not like she was some incredibly wonderful politician who had new ideas and the people like, oh, Kamala, that your ideas are the best ones. No, she was just kind of thrust in there and people like, oh, yeah, Kamala Harris. Yeah, all right, whatever. Oh, yeah, whatever. And then when push comes to shove, there's a reason the chick dropped out of the race after Tulsi Gabbard just destroyed her. There's a reason. It's like, it's the it's a horrible choice for a running mate. It's like she comes out of this incestuous democrat on democrat love affair of of california and then when she's introduced mm-hmm. to the real world and the real world looks at her they're like "Ooh, no thank you and like that's gonna be my running VP that's who should run the president if when I she, bow out
1: so you know why she dropped out
0: well her numbers I would assume her poll well, numbers her right?
1: numbers but where her numbers were truly her horrific is she was going to come in third or fourth in her home state. <laughs> so, You know, I, that looks really bad. She was definitely coming in behind Sanders and Warren and might have been beaten by Biden, too. That uh... And if you read, it is so funny if you go back and read the coverage from when she dropped out, the New York Times, Politico, the Washington Post... This woman ran a horrible campaign. People found her to be inauthentic. Um, oh, and black people don't like her <laughs> <laughs> for good it's reason. Like, but I mean, you read the stuff now, and you read, read the stuff when she dropped out. Like they actually told the truth when she dropped out because they were in love with Elizabeth Warren.
2: Yeah, they really
1: yeah. wanted Elizabeth Warren to be the nominee. And then they certainly wanted Elizabeth Warren or Gretchen Whitmer. A couple of them just fell in love with that dictator. Um, Yeah. They really wanted one of these two women to get on the, be the VP on the ticket. And then they end up with Kamala. And now they're all like, oh, she's wonderful. Like, no, wait, rewind, rewind.
0: And here's, here's what I love before we stick the dismount on this and get to uh, our buddy Reno Collier. So, uh, Kamala Harris is a, she's, you know what she is. You know what she is, Gimlet. She's a strong woman of color, and she is fiercely independent, and she will never give up. That's, she's so strong. She's so strong, and she's a woman of color. She's got a vajayjay between her leg eggs, and she is strong. And then the first time somebody takes a a little... A little swing at her. They're like, how dare you? She's a woman. Like, that just kills me. You cannot Dude, have sent, it both ways.
1: They sent out a 32-page guide to the media on how to cover her.
0: Here's oh, what be- you
1: can say. Here's <laughs> what you can't say.
0: That's hilarious. I didn't know it's, about it's, that.
1: Um, It's, like, narrow and Planned Parenthood and Time's Up and... All these organizations sent a thirty two page guide on how to cover Kamala Kamala Harris, excuse me. Um, during the election and basically threatening media people, we have her back. And if you don't do what we say, we're coming after you. Oh my and god, then- Tucker Tucker read some like excerpts from it or something, and he's just like, well, we're not going by that, obviously.
0: That's hilarious. And you look at you look at what they did to Sarah Palin. You look at the, the way they yes. treated Sarah Palin, uh, and it's you know we're not going to change the rules. We're not going to change uh, the system, but we can we can point it out. So uh, Kamala, if you are a strong and powerful uh, black woman, then you're welcome to politics. You're you're running to, for to be president. So welcome yeah. to welcome to the big time. Okay, we got to get to Reno Collier when we come back. Uh, there might be a little... You guys got to hear about this new wealth tax they're talking about in California. Uh, we got some more uh, Star Wars updates that I think are pretty cool that you're going to dig. College football's canceled. Tons of other stuff. We're going to cram it in the C-block. But here we go uh, with Reno Kali.
3: If you prefer real mornings shouldn't you have a real breakfast at mcdonald's we get real about breakfast that's why you can have a savory sausage biscuit with delicious hash browns for only $1.50. it's time to wake up breakfast single item at regular price prices and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal
1: as a small business owner you deserve more more confidence more connectivity more of the tools that help your business thrive And at Cox Business, you can expect more from us. We don't just have sales reps. We have perfect plan identifiers, people who will work with you to make sure your business gets everything it needs and nothing that it doesn't. Your business deserves more, and that's why you can expect more from Cox Business. Call 800-526-8572 to switch today.
0: promised we got him on the show the grand master of Nashville comedy the Colonel <laughs> Sanders of laughter how do you <laughs> the do? goatee with the jokey <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Reno Colliers on the show my my buddy Reno how are you doing man
3: I am good my brother
0: I'm good yeah life's been treated yeah. during the during the lockdown during the during the Wuhan
3: it's, it's better I've been out on the road The past couple weeks um, Okay, okay. And it's been, a good Yeah it's been freaking Awesome um, It's different like you know you have to wear a mask In until you get to your seats Then you can take your mask off Have fun the show you gotta pee You gotta put your mask on to go to the bathroom come back But dude people are dying To get out like they are On fire I And mean, yeah. the crowds have been amazing now and, you know it's okay. different because they're spread apart, but it's freaking so much fun.
0: Now you know that I played the Addison, Texas Improv back in May. You know that, right?
3: I do. Yes, sir.
0: Yeah, I was on the cutting edge of that. I was very proud of that. Very proud of that. Now, That's,
3: where 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 were you playing? In May, I was playing at a construction site. Where
0: were you last night?
3: Uh, Birmingham. At the Stardome? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and that place holds like 450 people normally, but at half capacity, it's still freaking great, man. That club is awesome. It's off the charts.
0: Okay, so um, I got to ask you this. Is the, Have they changed the state? Here's what they were doing in Dallas. Here's what Addison is, is in Dallas. Uh, they just didn't seat the front row. I just had six feet away from people. Now, here on Long Island at Governor's, my 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 home club on the east coast, they have like these big plexiglass things hanging down in front of the performer from the stage. So it's like it's like you're in an aquarium. I don't dig that.
3: Well and see like in Birmingham, the stage is probably five feet high anyway. Sweet. So you're up above it's it's a theater. It's like one of the old school Vegas style where it's tiered up and people nice. go, so it, it's easy for them. Now the week before that I was in Chattanooga the club is smaller. The stage is still really high. Um, but, and it, and it gives you the distance. Um, but man, the people that come out have been locked up like us. Like I honest, Michael, I don't know what I even said the first half hour of one show I've done in two weeks. Like it's just like <laughs> I mean, I, I don't drink anymore and I've been locked in the house. And then I've just been working construct like it 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 just is so I try to find a silver lining and stuff like this is almost like a god wink like I've kicked out so much old material and and it's filling it and I'm not doing COVID jokes it's more really? like me being locked up jokes well it's not about for it's just it's just not registering in my head like I'm not doing mask jokes and stuff like that it's but it is about me being locked up in my house and just watching stuff on television and and murder documentaries and about working construction and trying to you know make a living because I couldn't get unemployment I couldn't get anybody on the phone and then they'd send me to an office and there's nobody at the office and they tell me to call the number back and I lost it and one of my buddies is a builder and I hadn't worked construction since I was 20 you know yeah and and I'm like Dude, I got to work. I'm going to kill somebody if I sit in this house. You know, Hold like on. I'm, I'm seriously. On. We, we,
0: we got to go back to the no unemployment thing. I didn't get any either. I didn't yeah. get any, any either. And now I'm, I'm like, whatever. I want to get into my stuff. Nothing drives me crazier than these bureaucratic. What would you call that? Like a scavenger hunt. It's like a it's like a scavenger hunt. You go to one place and they go, oh no, this isn't the place you want to go to the other place. Oh no, you, not me. You got to call that guy. You, oh oh no, not I. It's what I hate about big government. It's what I hate about government. How many days of your life did you dedicate to trying to get the 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 unemployment that you were due that you
3: were due? Probably before I quit trying, probably seven solid days. Of being on hold. And, and the thing is, it's like, they, they're like, you need to go over to the office. They go to the office. They're like, we're closed for COVID. I'm like, no shit. So is my job. That's why I'm here. I'm open the door. And they're like, we can't. And they have masks on and they're hiding because yeah. I had a look in my eye. No mask on, probably foam coming out of my mouth, like banging on the glass. Like, I'm not effing kidding. Where do I call? And then they give me the number and I call the number and they're like, we have a over volume of call. I'm like, yeah, because you're not doing anything like the whole. Oh, my God, dude. The whole thing is such a fiasco that yes. I, it's, like, it's like it's like everything else. They just try to wear you down till you quit. It's like eventually this and person will either go insane. And I did. You'll either go <laughs> insane and then, you know, some other government program will pick you up. If you look at how the government handled this, Right. And then people talk about, well, the post office and the and the post office. First of all, if people can protest out in front of the postmaster general, whatever Newman office building that they were out in front of. If you can show up to that to protest, surely you can show up to vote. If you can stand out there, you can go to your local school or wherever your voting thing is and vote. But they're not going to do that. They want to close the school down. Now there's nowhere to vote. They want the mail. Have you looked at your mailman? Does he look like? Some sort of major security officer that can protect these votes, my guy I guarantee you doesn't get drug tested because he is a freaking mess he i can't get my bills on time. I get other people's mail, and people think, well, you know you could just mail in your vote everybody's gonna you know what's <laughs> right? the difference yeah and care, then this right? guy who's wandering around aimlessly through my neighborhood he's going to be in charge of getting it somewhere yeah I mean, this is the dumbest. And and you know what? If people go, well, they just know because the Democrats are going to, you know, they're the Democrats want to do it. And and the Republicans don't want them to because they think they're unfair because the Democrats are going to cheat. How come nobody says the Republicans can cheat? In New Jersey, it was Republican voters, wasn't it, that the guy switched out the votes for? Uh, It can go either way. Republicans can cheat. I could run amok through my neighborhood and just start checking people's boxes and throwing them in the mail. You know what I mean? It's, it's so, it, it's so insane. If you, my, my wife's mom passed away and with a funeral, you can, you can have 10 people, 12 people. All these people have funerals to go to. I was like, what we should do is show up dressed as Antifa and no one will say shit, we can just run amok. <laughs> you know, we'll celebrate and, and we'll have the entire funeral and everything. And we'll just have masks on. And if a cop asks me, I'll tell him I live in my mom's basement. And we will have this celebration of life. It is. But you can't. <laughs> Dude, I swear to God. Like, if I wasn't working construction, I would have already smashed out every window in this house. And I'd just be mowing cars down as they drove by my house. Like, this is insanity.
0: I, I, I love how we're like, we're just going to have fun. We're just going to talk about comedy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: And the clubs are great, and the food's good, <laughs> and everyone should come. I mean, it's just, a, it's a nice way to relax.
0: Okay, I have a couple quick anecdotes. But but what you're, you're joking around about the clubs are great, and the food is good. When I was in Dallas, <laughs> when I was in the Addison Improv, you know, you're backstage, and, you know, whatever, social distancing. But it's like, everything's half half the size of the people. Everything's, so I ordered, uh, I, I got an order like the the shredded chicken nachos, right? Whoever? Yeah. Was running the kitchen, What? obviously it was a slow night, right? They only had half yeah. the It was the prettiest looking nachos I'd ever seen. I'm like, someone needs to take a picture of these. It was <laughs> like Ramsey was in the back making these. Yeah. Here's, the, here's you, the other one. Just about the, the the craziness of you can see the people in the unemployment office. They're not going to answer the door because of COVID, but they're wearing the masks. But the Wuhan dude. I'm taking these online guitar lessons, right? I got this this app called uh Y O U zition. It's really good. I really enjoy it. And I, and I got to this certain level where I needed a capo, you know, one of those things that you you put on the guitar neck so it goes up like a, you know, a key or a half key whatever, a step yeah. or whatever. So there's uh, I'm I'm going to the 7-11 Uh, To grab a pack of smokes and across the streets, a little music shop. And I'm like, oh, they'll have they'll have a capo there. I need one for my guitar lesson. I go over and there's a sign. Yes, we're open. The door is locked. They're like, "Uh, ring the bell. I'm like, oh, I didn't see that. So I ring the bell. Like a 20 year old girl. Comes out, she waves to me from inside. She comes out to the street. She goes, what can I help you with? And I'm like, oh, I need a capo. She's like, okay, you have to stay out here. So then she comes back out. What kind of capo did you need? There's different kinds. We have this. She brings out like an assortment of six of these things. And we're standing in the blazing sun on the sidewalk, two feet apart now, because she's yeah. handing me like capo after capo. And I'm just like sitting there just like laughing in my head, just laughing. Why are we doing this on the sidewalk? Like
3: just yeah.
0: in the freaking building. We can yeah. stay. We're standing two feet away.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like when you're dating a girl when you're in high school, but she, she, her parents don't like you, so you have to go to the house, knock on the door, stand outside. She comes, okay, look, yeah, well, you can't come in, all right, but I'll meet dad, you at the skating rink on Friday. Right. You know what I mean? Did
0: you get the condoms? Yeah. <laughs> I can't think we're
1: going
3: to do this. This is crazy. This is going to be so I right. Don't come in. Stay out here. Touch the capo.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so
0: very quickly, I'm so glad that, that, I mean, that there's more clubs opening. Our no, I know uh, our buddy Chad Prather uh, was playing someplace in Oklahoma, the Brick Club or the Brick Wall. If you know this place, Bricktown. Bricktown, Bricktown. Have you ever played there? Yeah. Okay, so they're opening. They're opening back up. I guess there's something else open in Salt Lake City. Uh, what's the what's the status with uh with Zanies in Nashville?
3: They're they're open, um, partially. I know I'm going to Kansas City and then Toledo, uh, in the next couple weeks, and they're open. What's the club in Toledo? It's the Funny Bone, Doom. and then the comedy, the comedy club of Kansas City. Um, okay,
0: yeah. So, um, hopefully Gimlet is still on the line. Uh, here's what I want, here's what I want to know from you. Kansas, if you can only, if you you can only play one club, you need to play Kansas city or you can play Toledo. Which club would you rather play?
3: I've never been to either one of them.
0: Really? Yeah. This is my first time. Okay. Here's, this is my thing. And this is nothing against uh, Kansas city. I love Kansas city. I love the people of Kansas city. I love the club and all that stuff. This is just a game that Reno and I are playing now, it's not fair because you've never been to Toledo. I think, and and I love big crowds. I really do. And, and I one of the first clubs I ever started at, one of the first paid clubs I ever did, was the old Hilarities in Cleveland. Oh, yeah, I remember that. 500-seater. 500-seater. Yeah. But they would pack that thing out on a Friday and Saturday night. It was crazy. It was fun. And these improvs, they're building, like, Kansas City, I think, is over 400. Chicago is over 400, yada, yada, yada. They did this little experiment in Toledo that I think is very interesting and very cool. I can't remember the name of the restaurant. You go in, and it's a restaurant, and it's like Cajun food, and they have a a little band playing. They'll have like a little acoustic dude or a little three-piece or whatever. And then you go through the restaurant, and that's the entrance to the comedy club, which is like attached yet behind it. State of the art club seats about 240, 250 people. Yeah. Perfect. But it's all tiered seating, like oh, in nice. uh like in the Stardome. Oh yeah, dude. I like Toledo a lot. I, I cause like you get you get a hundred people in there and it's like wow, that's a it's a nice size crowd. So I think you're gonna have a lot of fun in Toledo, dude. I Good, can't wait man. To think of that club.
3: Yeah, I'm looking forward to dude, I just want to be on i I'd do a show on my front porch if people would come right now. Like I I did a, an outside show um, about two weeks ago in Crossville, Tennessee at this like outside seated little theater thing. Mm-hmm. And it's fun because it's intimate, but you know, it's 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 just I, it's just becoming the new norm to just be able to absorb and adapt. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's okay. I'm fine with that. You know, you got to make a living. So it's, but it's just it's fun. The getting back on stage is so refreshing. You know, and almost having time off financially it sucks, but mentally, for my for what I want to talk about, it's been so great to kind of clear the slate.
0: It's wild, isn't it? Like, I I used to joke about it. I used to do, like, a little aside in my act, you know, when I was, you know, bitching about stuff. I'm like, no, you guys, this is like therapy for me. This is like therapy. And then when it's taken away for an extended period of time, and then you get back on stage and you're able to, you know, speak these ideas and make people laugh, you're like, wow, this is like therapy. This is like, this
3: this is very good for my psyche. It is, dude. I thank God every day that I get to get on stage and do that. Because, you know, with for us, that's our release. That's our, you know, I can go get on the elliptical or whatever. I can smoke a cigarette. I can do whatever to try to calm myself down. But nothing does it like getting on stage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's a, it's a very, very cool thing. Have you done any? I see these guys doing, like, drive-in shows. Uh, my buddy, heard the- my buddy. A, a guy I know is doing one. I think he did one last night, and I'm just like, I, I don't, I don't think I'm down for that. I don't think I'm. No down way, for that. dude.
3: I did one. I did a thing like that before <laughs> COVID, and I, I don't know, dude. I, that's just not for me. That's what I was actually thinking about when I was telling you about the outside show. It was intimate, and it was, you know. But I think our friend we're talking about his shows are a huge party anyway. So if everybody's drunk, running amok, you know.
0: Oh, the drive-in show? I'm t- that's that's I'm talking about uh, Greg Gutfeld on that one.
3: Oh, okay. No, I wasn't. <clears throat> I
0: don't know if those are a huge party. That'd be great. Good for Greg.
3: No, no, no. Well, his his you know those people pay attention. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. That's probably not my thing. Um, would I do it right now? Absolutely. <laughs> like I'm not knocking it, you know. But um, it's just it's different. I love. I mean, dude, you and I have been doing this for a long time. I like the small club atmosphere. Like, when I did arenas for years with the blue-collar guys. Really? Yeah, dude. I did did arenas.
0: I've never heard any of this. This is the first time. You've never brought this up. Every single time we're in
3: the car! Do you know Kevin (laughs) James? What? (laughs) Tell me about Kevin, Michael. I'd like to know... (laughs) Tell me, tell me all Wait about. Wait a minute. You know who Kevin what is? Knows? It like what <laughs> is it like being with Kevin J? I just have never heard anything. It's very, about...
0: it's very similar to being on a private jet with <laughs> the cable guy. It's eerily similar.
3: Tell me about Charlie Sheen. What's that like to, on a day-to-day basis of being with Charlie Sheen? It's is that... kind
0: of like playing an arena show with Jeff
3: Foxworthy. <laughs> it was weird because in between the arena shows i was hosting a show on nbc called great american road trips and then i had another fishing show and i did a comedy central anyway i don't like to talk about me but enough about me enough about me i'm on the bob and tom show every week if you want to listen it's it's more about the people you know yes you know and I do I'm sorry Michael I tell the same stories all the no, time No, I love it I I, I know but honestly I peaked 10 years ago I'm done
0: <laughs> don't ever say that
3: tiger. don't ever say that you're like you know
0: what you are you're like a butterfly and before you were just a caterpillar and you're thought boy this is a great life but you that now you're coming out of your chrysalis and you're like whoa behold the mighty monarch
3: <laughs> Dude, I mean, I mean, like, as far as TV shows, like, I have never been happier than I am. Even with all this stuff going on, I've never been happier than I am right now. That's great. Like, like none of that stuff. It's fun. And I, we we're joking around about talking about it and everything, but it didn't fill a hole that I had, you know, that that kind of like TV shows and all that stuff. I thought that was going to fix everything. And it, it doesn't, yeah. man. It do, it, yeah. It's all superficial. And it, it's fun, and don't get me wrong, I loved it, and I loved chasing it, and I love, you know, entertaining people and having a good time and everything. But it just, it kind of like, I don't know, I'm happier now than I've ever been, and there's murder hornets, and you know, like, I don't hold know. Hold on, hold on,
0: because this is, I think this is very interesting, and and I'm I'm very uh, envious of you in in a, in a lot of ways. It is most recently. Like, you and I were talking on the phone a while back, and you're like, yeah, I think I'm going to go back to, you know, swinging a hammer and doing construction. And I'm like, yeah, dude, you got to do what you got to do, you know? But, man, I think – I don't know. I just think that's so – first of all, it's so cool that you have those skills and that you you could do it and you could make money and all that stuff, and it does, man. Like, nothing – So I I like to garden. That's that's my thing. I I like to people to bitch about building furniture from Ikea. I love it. Like because what we do as comedians, it's an idea. It's just it's words and they float out in the ether. They land on people and then it's gone. But like when you're doing construction and or you're gardening or you're building something, you're like, I did that. I love the
3: tangible. uh, Doesn't that feel good? Dude, absolutely. I was even, like, we finished one house and we're moving to another one. And when the first one finished, I get to see it yeah. from the second one. And I'm like, oh my, but it's almost heartbreaking. Like, it's like you're losing a dog. Like, oh, uh-huh. man. You know what I mean? We spent so many hours in here and so many days. And I remember putting the trim work in. And now that it's all finished, I go in and look at it. And I'm like, God, this turned out beautiful. You can't even see everything I jacked up. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like. It, but it is it's something and then you can drive by it and see it i see why people get so much fulfillment out of building things and you know like like mechanic i i, I know nothing about trucks but you know how much money you can save if you can fix your own house and you can fix your own car for a lifetime you are going to save gazillions of dollars if you yeah. could grow your own food fix your own truck build your own house dude you're you're golden
0: yeah. Hey, did you see uh, Ford versus Ferrari? Yeah, loved it. Dude, I really enjoyed that movie too. I really enjoyed it, and the, and the Christian Bale character, you know, a, a real guy. But you get it, like, wow, he he could build the machine. He could build the car. That's what made him a better driver. Uh, that whole thing, dude. We could go. We could go on and on and on. Uh, before I let you go, where's your where's your next performance? Where can people uh, find you? on the internet, and and I know you're on the Bob and Tom show every week, but just give our listeners, our growing audience, our growing audience. Dude, I, I know
3: you're blowing up, man.
0: It's so much fun. It's so much My fun. Little so Mikey where
3: could, Loftus is great. Mikey Loftus. big boy. Look at him. He doesn't have to hold on to the couch when he walks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm in Kansas City the 27th through the 29th of August? this month of August, and then September 3rd through the 5th in Toledo, Ohio.
0: All right, you gotta call me from Toledo after your I first will, trip to Toledo, and let me know what you think. Reno, uh, safe travels, buddy. And then I'm gonna work on putting together some dates for the 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 Freedom to Laugh show. I'd love to do some dates before the election. So hopefully you've got some availability in October. But we'll be talking. Uh, yeah, but we got we got to do some more shows before the big election.
3: I love it my friend. You know I love you, Mike.
0: Stay in touch, Reno, and I love you more. Tell your lovely wife I said
3: hello. I will tell you and please tell your lovely wife to stop calling me. I'll call her back when I'm ready. <laughs>
1: what? Stop. Why are you doing? Yeah, we got a battle going.
3: Okay, see you later. See ya.
2: Enjoy.
0: Always good to talk to Reno. I really enjoy that dude. If you ever get a chance, you guys, to drive around the country in a car, do it with Reno Collier. He's got some really fun stories. He'll tell them to you over and over and over again. But every time is like the first time. And he, he really, he'll crack up, he'll, he'll cry. He laughs so hard. Telling a story he's told you already 50 times. He's a great dude. I can't wait to see what he thinks about those clubs he's going to be playing. Make sure you catch a live show. He's a delight. Okay, I have to say this. Uh, you and I were talking a little bit during the break. And I was looking at, I always say this you guys, but I I, I mean it. I was looking at the stats. There's a uh, there's a company that what they do is they put this podcast on iHeart Radio. They put this podcast on iTunes and Spotify and all the different platforms. And I had kind of glanced at the uh, at the numbers, but I took a little bit more of a deep dive this last week. Hello everyone who listens to this show. Hello, Australia. Hello, India. Hello, United Kingdom. Hello, Haiti. And hello, Canada. We are global. I was delighted. I was absolutely delighted. And the the numbers do continue to grow. And I, I thank you guys totally for that. This is because you're going and you're you're leaving comments and you're leaving refu- reviews. I know we're all busy, but just taking that extra time to like go to iTunes and leaving a review bumps us up. We're having a we're having a great time, and we're this is so sincere. You hear people say this crap all the time, but I'm I'm seriously happy that you've chosen to listen to the Loftus Party podcast. So thank you so much, and don't forget be involved across all the platforms: Facebook, YouTube. Uh, Instagram, all of them. Okay, so this is uh, this is the C Block. This is a little bit more uh, entertainment, pop culture uh kind of stuff. I guess we should start with football because it's, it's COVID-related. Uh, the Big Ten pulled the plug. They're not going to be playing football. Uh, I don't think the NFL is going to be playing either. And I'm going to – I got to confess something here. And I went to Ohio State. I'm a big – Ohio State Buckeye guy, I don't care that they're not playing. I really don't. And here's what I'd love to do. Here's what I'd love to do. If you're a professional athlete, and so, okay, so now you're not going to be able to play for the Cincinnati Bengals. You're not going to be able to play for the Cleveland Browns. And now you're a college football player, and you're not going to be able to play for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Couldn't you make, like, a football club? Couldn't you make, if you really wanted to play – you could start your own football club. These are the best football players in the state of Ohio, and you guys mm-hmm. can get together and you can practice. And then if there's a bunch of kids, uh, oh my gosh, uh, in in Nashville, looks like the the, the Titans aren't going to have a season. But oh, I go to this. You could have legit clubs of people who like. I just love. I just love the sport. You don't even have to pay me. I love to play. I've started a club. My club can beat your club. I think that would be fantastic. And I you would sell the TV rights to that so fast. So yep. fast. You'd all make a fortune. This is an opportunity, guys. I don't know if it's pie in the sky. I don't know if it's wishful thinking, but boy, that hit me the other day. And I'm like, I, I would just I would love to see that. People playing the game because they love to play the game. And then The money will follow. Trust me.
1: It was actually funny because yesterday we were talking to the guy that we went kayaking with, the guy in the van. And he's like, well, because football and college football aren't happening. We're probably going to continue doing this through like the end of October. Normally we stop at Labor Day. So other businesses are going to be making money because football isn't playing.
0: Uh, this is that that's great with like your your kayaking trip uh, down the river which i was incredibly jealous of and that's a great that's a great example and there's a bunch mm-hmm. of places out here on long island not doing a kayak but they're going okay here's the parameters here's the parameters that have been set during this whole bs wuhan lockdown just 15 days to flatten the curve but there there's opportunities here you guys there's big opportunities. There's this little micro brewery and they were most of their business came from people coming in you know buying some of their beers and the, you, you'd have a couple beers on the patio, yada, yada, yada. They're not doing that kind of business anymore. So they started getting into like exclusive like uh, you know cocktails and and they they started bottling and canning their own signature drinks and they' mm-hmm. and they're flying off the shelves necessity nice. is the, the mother of invention yeah so uh i hopefully there's a bunch of small business people who listen to this show where you're you're working for someone who's a small business owner but like we can't encourage you enough to, to get your own piece of the pie get your own thing going because when you're when you're working for a big corporation yes that's wonderful and there's a, there's a big safety net for working for a big corporation how and it's kind of scary when you're doing your own thing and you're doing the entrepreneurial thing and, and really being a capitalist. However, you got wiggle room. You got wiggle room. When they go, oh, you have to shut down because of X, Y, and Z, boom! You can do the old switcheroo and go, oh, well, now we're making you know face masks or signature cocktails or we're going to do kayaking longer. That's the exciting thing about capitalism. And then you... You you find out uh, you find out cool stuff, and that gets me to like Elon Musk. Look at that guy! Did PayPal, then Tesla, and now the space thing. He's getting out of California. I think he's going to keep the one plant there, but he's opening up the the mm-hmm. other one in Texas, which leads me to this: California. Like we know, people are leaving New York in in droves. It is a mm-hmm. mass exodus, and it's coming for California too. They're so worried. Here's what they did. They, they're floating this balloon of uh, a wealth tax in the state of California where they would increase your taxes. And then if you left the state, they would still tax you. It's like a sliding scale. But they would still tax you for the next 10 years after you left the state. How ridiculous is that?
1: Well, not only it, it, it's ridiculous. The vast, unless you just structure your tax um, program to tax rich people more with like tax brackets on income, that's fine. But you can't actually tax someone's wealth. That was like the whole problem with Elizabeth Warren's plan. We have this little thing called the taking clause in the Constitution. You're not allowed to do that. Um, but it actually says. The 2020 San Francisco exodus is real historic and like the biggest in the country, even over New York City already. Like they have a historic number of apartments available in San Francisco.
0: It is, it's, it's boggling to me and there must be a way to say it or phrase it, but it's, it's, it's worth saying out loud and, and thinking about if you look at, Uh, like San Francisco is probably the the great example, and Los Angeles, and well, Mm -hmm. most of California. These are, it's been run by Democrats. It's been run by Democrats, and they've stacked the decks where, hey, the two two people who get the most, you know, blah, blah, that's going to be who's on the ballot. There won't even be a Republican. It's been all Democrats. It's been all Democrats. Mm -hmm. And California, at one point, was the fifth largest economy in the world. Now, I think it's like sixth, Maybe it's dropped to seventh, but it's not like there's been any pushback. You look at you look at the grand experiment. It's what I love about America. You got 50 experiments. Well, California has been the experiment for what if Democrats were in charge? What would the country look like if Democrats just ran everything and you get California and then he, and then you see these people like I gotta get out of here I got it. They have ruined the state and that's what we're looking at with this election. I I, I shudder I really don't even like to think about it I like I can I can try to joke about it but you get if you get Biden in there and Kamala Harris and then you know Biden's gonna tap out and it's going to be Harris but then you've got the Democrats in charge of Congress and if they pick up a couple of uh, Senate seats, I I just don't know if we can come back from that. I really don't. I mean, we can, but it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly.
1: Well, you had this dumb Washington Post reporter yesterday putting out there, there's always backlash when a Democrat is elected. I'm like, first of all, what? (laughs) And he goes, will the Republicans become the party of QAnon? And I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I said, the backlash will look like this. For example, red states will decide not to enforce gun control, just like blue states don't enforce immigration law. Yes. I said, yes. eventually, the states will reconfigure. So, like, my part of Georgia and southern Tennessee will slam together below Nashville if Nashville goes so blue and get, out, get away from Atlanta and get away from Nashville. Right. Just like portions mm-hmm. of Virginia are talking about joining West Virginia. Yeah. So I, what you're going to see is like minded people going, uh, no, we're going to protect our zone right here. And then you're going to end up with New York and L.A. and San Francisco essentially functioning like Greek city states used to.
0: Hi, I, it's I, I don't like to go down the path. I did this video. I thought it was so clever and I thought it was a very humorous and, and smart way to illustrate a point. And, and the video, you guys can watch it, it's on YouTube, and it's it, it's called, you know, What If Biden Wins? And the comedic conceit of it is like, oh, well, we'll just do to him what they did to Trump. So I went back and did research mm-hmm. from 2015, 2016, yada, 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 and it's, it's embarrassing when you look at it. It's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. You could, there should be I'd love it if we had a production company. We could actually do a documentary about it. like they, a bunch of people. They were they were protesting before they they had already started the whole Russia lie. They had already started mm-hmm. the whole Russia lie before he even got elected. So right. then he gets then he gets elected. There are protests in the street. There was a ton of arrests and and cops injured at the inauguration. There was. Uh, I think 70 Democrats who didn't attend the inauguration because it's not mm-hmm. their president. This is not their president. This is that's like saying they didn't accept the outcome of the election. And then you had the women's march and it has been like this for years and now it's just coming to another crescendo. With the whole Black Lives Matters, rooting, uh, looting, rioting in Chicago, it has been never-ending. And when these people like, like, uh, I hope Donald Trump will accept the outcome of the election, and you're like, do you guys have any memory from the last five years?
1: Well, it's even longer really than that. Long. I mean, the Black Lives Matter crap started in Ferguson under Obama.
0: Oh, and that's another one that's just... When they're still doing the hands up, don't shoot. Hands up, don't shoot. And they they still like listen, you guys. Eric Holder went in there. Obama's Justice Department went in there. Everybody yep. looked. Everybody tried. There was nothing there. Horrible. Well,
1: this, the, the DA, the DA in the area now ran on. I'll re prosecute that white supremacist Darren Wilson. He had yeah. to come out and say, sorry, guys. Can't really do this because there's nothing there. Yes.
0: Yeah. And that's, here's what I don't like is that they keep trying this stuff. It's little testers, it's little feelers. It's like uh, uh, Ken and Karen in St. Louis, the gun owners. They really, they really wanted to get their guns. They really, that was like a test case, a floater balloon. I I, I really wish that this was hyperbole and, oh my gosh, it's a, we're just selling fear, but this stuff's really going on. So, oh yeah. uh, we'll We'll round it out here. With a little bit of good news. And, and the, the metaphor uh, will be Star Wars. Like, once upon a time, uh, America was founded by the Founding Fathers, and everything worked great, and that would be uh, George Lucas. Once upon a time, he started Star Wars, everything ran great, and then it got kind of dicey, uh, and people started doubting. You know, like in the 70s, can this really work? And you had the Jimmy Carters and blah, blah, blah. And then that's that would be the, pre- the prequels, the, the prequels, uh, you know, the, the Clone Wars and all this other stuff. Then you get the Joe Biden of Star Wars, which would be Kathleen Kennedy. They put in Kathleen Kennedy. She runs Star Wars. And boy, she just wrecked it. She just wrecked it. Wrecked it. Mm-hmm. So here's the good news. Here's the good news. Uh, And I guess this is, again, sticking with the metaphor. Hopefully, we'll get Donald Trump as president. And that'll be like having George Lucas back in charge of Star Wars. George Lucas is back in charge of Star Wars. And guess who he just hired? Uh, He hired Adam Driver. This is big because it's part of the undoing of Ryan Johnson. I was hoping that they would just throw out those movies and they wouldn't be canon, blah, 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 blah. But the, the scuttlebutt now is, uh, in, in one of the future projects, they're going to bring back or do a flashback to somehow incorporating Adam Driver uh, in, 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 with Daisy Ridley, with the Ray character. I think she's going to have, they're going to kick that chick to the, the curb pretty quick. Somehow, they're going to come up with a, a sci-fi way where Adam Driver's character got her knocked up She's going to have kids. The they, they will have Skywalker blood because Kylo Ren was a Skywalker. And it's like, I'm such a dork, but I'm like, let the healing begin. Let's fix this. Because she's not, she just won't be a Skywalker by name. She'll be a legit Skywalker. I know that makes me a super dork. I don't care. I don't care. And well, I've, go ahead. You have a question? Ahead. Oh, my thing is this. Uh, I've been keeping a close eye on the, the video game scene and I, I've got the PlayStation and I've got the virtual reality and uh, there's a couple of good games uh, out, out there that, that are just fantastic. The new one that's coming out that I can't wait for is star Wars squadrons. you you're you put on the virtual reality helmet and you can fly an X wing, a Y wing, a tie fighter a tie you can fly any ship that you want and and you're 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 battling the death star you're battling imperial cruisers you're taking out a rebel base i've seen the gameplay of this it looks insane i cannot wait i cannot wait for this game to come out you're excited I too can i hear can hear you tell.
1: rubbing your hands
0: i know i know it's listen that's that's the dream that's the because here's the thing in the virtual reality it's movement if you're a person in the virtual reality they haven't figured out how to get you to walk across a room that's just the mm-hmm. big the big bridge they can't cross but here's the thing when you're in a uh, a starship when you're in an x-wing you're sitting in the cockpit you don't have to walk anywhere right. I think it's gonna be the, mm-hmm. the ultimate game here's the next thing uh, I'll let you guys know about that this is just uh, exciting uh, for me. I've been playing the guitar. I've been practicing. Many, many moons ago, I was in a band, kind of self-taught, kind of punk, whatever. I never knew the names of chords or any other st- stuff. So one of the things that I've been doing uh, during the the pandemic is I've been taking these online classes with musician, learning how to play better. I, they say... That horrible guitar. If you learn how to play the guitar, I'm at the level. I'm at the level where I know I'm horrible. Right. Like you first start playing, you learn a couple chords like, wow, maybe I'm a natural. Maybe I'm the Mozart of this shit. (laughs) And then you reach a level where you're like, oh, I do suck. Right. But then by knowing that you suck, you work harder. So I'm like trying to get up to an intermediate level. And now I, I watch guitar players. I listen to them with a lot more appreciation. A lot. I, I will never talk smack about John Mayer as, in terms of a guitarist again. It, I appreciate music on a whole new level. Here's what I did, you guys. And hopefully you've been doing the same thing during the COVID. You've been like, oh, maybe I'll try to write. Maybe I'll try to do this. I bought a Fender Telecaster. I did a lot of research. I watched a lot of YouTube videos. I went back and forth. Should it be a Strat? Should it be a Tele? I don't know. I did my homework. I went to Guitar Center the other day. I'm playing them. I'm feeling them. Woo! It will arrive tomorrow. And next Sunday, I will do my Telecaster review. I'll talk a little bit about this guitar. It's so exciting. I'm so stoked. What do you got going on this week? Liberty Gimlet.
1: Uh, I'm working on chapter two of my book. Wow.
0: Mm-hmm. I didn't know you were going. I didn't. I was surprised that you were going to you were going to announce that. That's great. How many? Cha- yeah, I,
1: oh. I finally I finally organized it all in my head to fire off chapter one. And I've got the um, note from the authors done. And now I'm going to dig into research for chapter two.
0: I'm, I'm super excited about that. So we got to, we got to, this is wonderful. And I'll tell you, I'll, I'll leave you with this little story uh, before we say goodbye for the week. We've, we've gone a little bit long, but I think this is worth saying. I'm going to, a buddy of mine uh, wrote a book and then he was like ah oh, i got to do rewrites i got to do rewrites but i would constantly tease him and kind of hold his feet to the fire and now he's got a publisher and the book is coming out i think it comes out next month right so you write a book there's a ch- there's a chance you'll get a publisher and you're incredibly intelligent and fun and funny and and, and smart i imagine you'll find a publisher for yours here's a I'm lim- I'm, I'm
1: struggling with keeping the snark out of the thing
0: you know what? Just blast through. Just blast through. I can't believe I'm going to give away. I'm going to give away all my tips and tricks. Here's tip number one. Tip number one for writing a book or writing a script. I always use this on scripts, uh, and now with books as well. Just blast through. Don't go back. You okay? You've got one done. Now you're going to go do two. Don't look back. Three, four, five. Just plow forward. You're going to do rewrites. You're, there's going to be a rewrite. That's where the real work happens is in the second draft. So just plow through. That's number one.
1: Yeah, you no, know, my um, problem, my, my initial problem was I just, I, I knew where I was going. I just couldn't figure out where my keys were. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> So I had this week where I had complete writer's block. My co-author was getting so frustrated with me. And I'm like, no, I know where I'm going. I just, I need a thing. And so all of a sudden the thing hit me at nine o'clock one night and I was up until like three o'clock in the morning writing. So
0: that's great. That's great. So here's my little anecdote uh, that we'll leave you on as we go through this supersized show. Once upon a time there was a man uh, named J.R.R. Tolkien and he was in a little literary club. He and his buddy C.S. Lewis and a couple of their friends they decided to they'd have these meet I think it was like once a month twice a month they'd meet at a pub and they would talk about the the books they were writing on so C S Lewis who would he loved to to write that dude was very prolific he would come into these meetings they'd have a couple pints and they would talk and then he'd have pages and he'd go okay this happens this happens when i wrote this and J R Tolkien they're like so, what are you working on? He's like, oh, I'm doing this thing called uh, the Hobbit. You know, it's gonna be X, Y, Z. Well, what do you? And then he would kind of be, he would kind of BS his way through, and and finally, uh, finally, uh, C.S. Lewis is like, dude, you're lying. You are not writing. You're making it up as you go along. This is complete and total BS. You need to come back with actual pages and show your work, and that is when Tolkien legit started writing The Hobbit because his buddy called him out because he had been bullshitting. I just think it's wonderful. That's great, that's true friendship right there. And if and if C.S. Lewis doesn't do that, then Tolkien never writes The Hobbit. If he doesn't write The Hobbit, he never likes, writes Lord of the Rings, which is one of the great literary achievements of modern man. Okay, so we're gonna hold the Gimlet's feet to the fire on her book and all other things wonderful. Thanks for being here. Big show. This was a big one. Go to iTunes. Leave a review. Leave a comment. That would be even better. We're going to try to beat that algorithm. You guys are fantastic. New videos on Monday and Friday at the YouTube channel. We got the live stream on Facebook on Wednesday. Oh, our cup runneth over. I love you. You sexy heathen.